In the theater of the mind, the stage can be treacherous. These performers are enigmas. One is ethereal, the other bizarre. One wears the mask of deception. He exposes the hidden fears in prison within his opponent. Battered egos are his plaything. But this man fears no one. He is the shadow of death. With the stench of betrayal still hanging in the air, the mastermind of its origin may be within his grasp. Tonight, one will bow when the final curtain falls. If the eyes are the window to the soul, what horrors are locked in the basement of this man's tortured mind? Is his sanity trapped in a maze of madness, or is he a willing soldier in the realm of darkness? In the light, there is hope. A champion whose body is virile, whose will is unmatched. In his usual battlefield, he has achieved the highest of honors. But when war begins in the psyche, and sanity struggles with lunacy, which will survive? Can the champion continue to live his dream, or will he awaken in this man's nightmare? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, as you can hear, we are on the road to Mind Games. Welcome to Ringman, here on the new TNN podcast, the show where we take a look at random events that occurred throughout the wars of sports entertainment. My name is Johnny C, and as always, thanks for joining us today here on the new TNN. Now, the road to Mind Games... In your house. Wait a minute. Mind games? Johnny C, are you playing some mind games with me? That's an in your house entertainment extravaganza. That should be covered on Concrete Man. Uh, Hold on. Just chill. Yes, Concrete Man is the show where we review in your house pay per views. It's true. Uh, Not it's time. It's true. It's damn true. However, listen, Concrete Man. Listen to my words. We are on the road to mind games. Oh, all right, very well. I can see that you've not uh, penetrated or uh, revoked on any sort of our agreements of a contractual basis, and so uh, you may proceed. Thank you, Vince. Shoo. Shoo. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's true we're on the road to mind games with WWF Superstars! Season 11, episode 38, recently uploaded to the WWE Network on Peacock. So, this is sort of a special show, because it does have a lot of tie-ins. And allow me to explain. Not a lot of tie-ins. It's not like a comic book franchise, where you buy an issue and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. What? I've got to buy 17 more issues to get the full story? No. In the archives, we've actually talked about one of the uh, important television programs that takes place on this weekend in 1996. Because this weekend, September 21st and 22nd, is the start of the WWF's new fall season on USA Network. Now, what this basically was, was a rebranding and a new home. The rebranding, let's talk about first. WWF Mania, hosted by Todd Penisgale, uh, was a staple of Saturday morning WWF-based programming. 
But on the 21st, it was rebranded into Livewire, a show where you can call, you can fax, you can send your emails. Maybe they'll be read live here on WWF Livewire. Now, we covered the very first episode of WWF, I'll stop talking like Todd, of Livewire. But I tell you, folks, that episode is way back in the archives from like September 2022. Wow, I almost said 2002, 2022. And... It may not be available in your favorite podcatcher app, but I know you can find it on the new tnn.podbean.com where I think you can download it to your phone. Look, I'm sorry. I don't control like Spotify and iTunes, and I make a butt-ton of content. Why? Well, my life is pretty dull, and I don't have anything else to do, so get over it! But we covered Livewire. It's a doozy. It's a lot of fun. There is so much fiction to be found on WWF Livewire. Uh, there's some fun gags, too. Uh, you know, it was a good show, though. It's totally worth a watch if you can find it and he- hear it. If I recall, I had to watch it off of YouTubes, and I could barely hear the fucker. But it's there. Um, it's there. You can find it, because I found it. Now, the that covers the rebranding, which we've talked about in our archives. Now, a new home. Four years... Not four years, but four years. For years, the the WWF Superstars program was a staple of syndication. Syndicate, man, I kind of miss syndication. Like, I kind of miss getting home from school and being like, all right, let me check my local Fox affiliate. Let me check my local CBS. Well, I'm not watching CBS. Let me, you know, oh, what's on WGN? What's on TBS? What? Popular television programs have been hoard out by their producers to be broadcast away from their home networks. I miss it. What's that? Two hours of DuckTales on four different channels? Sold! What's going to happen to Gizmo Duck? Oh, you know what? You know what, Johnny? Uh, one of the things I hated about uh, getting home from school uh, was sitting down to watch a two-hour block of DuckTales on four different television stations. And, you know, on WGN, I get really excited because, oh, look, Johnny, it's an episode with Gizmo Duck. Let's go over to TBS. Oh, no, you know what, Johnny? See, it's an episode with Bubba. Bubba the Cave Duck. Of course, Johnny, you might recall the uh, season of DuckTales that contains Gizmo Duck and Bubba the, Bubba the Cave Duck. On a contractual basis, uh, neither an epi- neither an episode contains both, though. Uh, you know, g- good luck finding an episode with Bubba and Gizmo Duck. It seems to be a choice of one or the other. Who do you choose? Well, Vince, much like you, I choose Gizmo Duck ten out of ten times. But WWF Superstars was being pulled from syndication and was now going to be found on one home at the USA Network. Now, that's kind of a good thing because it means that you can use it as an entertainment-based vehicular program that can uh, sustain and contribute to an overall uh, streamlined storyline. Or, to just put it in normal terms, hey, now that everybody can see superstars at the same time at the same place, it can just become a part of the storylines that we lean back into. But, you know, we'll probably just leave it a fucking taped hodgepodge show. But not today, ladies and gentlemen. Not today. And I'll explain. It's another good thing, too, to get it out of syndication. Because sometimes, even when a show was could always be found at the same location at the same time in syndication, it might randomly disappear. You know? I, you know what? I have for years wanted to bring a class action lawsuit to the publication TV Guide. I don't know if TV Guide still exists or not. But I'll never forget. The TV Guide told me when I was a youngster... 
in January of 1997 that I could find the premiere episode of Shotgun Saturday Night live to tape at like 2 a.m. on my local Fox affiliate. And fuck you, TV Guide! I stayed up to watch a shotgun Saturday night. And when I turned to the channel that you advertised, it was not there. I think it was an infomercial. Ah! I don't ever think I got to watch one episode of Shotgun Live. Uh, but uh, today's episode of Superstars, though, has been promoted as a live debut episode. So let's stop fucking around and just get into the programming. It starts, well, on a rather somber note, and I do mean this, with an in-memoriam graphic to Juanita Sapphire Wright. Sweet Sapphire, baby! And you know, that kind of makes me sad, because I, WrestleMania Six was my first mania, I became a fan late in 89, and Dusty pulling Sapphire out of the crowd on Superstars and dancing with her and slowly becoming friends, and then the big mixed tag team matchup at WrestleMania Six. man, I was hyped for that. And then I was sad when Sapphire sold out to the Million Dollar Man at SummerSlam 90. So, Sapphire, thanks for the memories, even though they weren't... Uh, no, they were pretty good, though. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Sapphire, may you and the dream dance amongst the stars. A uh, warning, ladies and gentlemen. The following program will contain action of a graphic nature and viewer discretion is advised. We cut! To a beautiful metropolis skyline or some tall fucking buildings. Toad Pettengale is here to give us our voiceover introduction. You're looking at a live shot of downtown Philadelphia. The skies reminiscent of the motion picture Independence Day in the shadow of Philly Veterans Stadium, where last night the Phillies beat the Mets, the old Philadelphia Spectrum, a historic arena, and now the site of In Your House Mind Games tonight. The brand new smell, like a new car, Corsate Center, WWF Superstars, is on your TV, live. Okay, pause. Just pause. Just rip. Now, we do see that all these three buildings in close succession, you know, and it's a cool shot and whatever, but there's three things I want to talk about. Number one, Todd I see not one spacecraft in the sky, no explosions, no U.S. jets fighting against tidy spaceships. I don't see Will Smith. I don't hear Bill Pullman yelling, doesn't anyone have any missiles left? How could this be like Independence Day? Your, your mouth is writing a check. Your program can't cash. Number two, uh, I actually admired the city planning from the individuals of Philadelphia, putting these three arenas in a district next to each other. That's wise. But number three, and perhaps the most important, the WWF wants to give you lots of references to recent events to prove that this program is coming to you live. Why are they obsessed with this? Well, Johnny, Johnny, I know that you told me to shush away, and we, but then we talked about DuckTales, and, and I've been listening, and, and there's a couple of reasons that we do this. Uh, you had a one, two, three, allow me to give you an ABC. Well, A, uh, yes, we, we, we want to prove that uh, we are in touch with popular culture and entertainment vehicles such as uh, Independence Day and Phenomenon and Striptease and other films that have emerged here in the year of our Lord, 1996. And B, Johnny, we have to tell you that we are aware of live televised events of a sporting nature. And C, 
you know, we're giving you factual statements, Johnny, as we are indeed on your TV now, live. I mean, listen to what Todd said. WWF Superstars is on your TV, live. I mean, Johnny, if we weren't on your TV, how else could you hear these words? Whoa. Hauntingly deep, Vince. I guess I'll allow it. Now, it's a new network. It's a new time slot. So it's time for a new intro. Uh, we get, you know, it's a, it's a WWF TV show intro. The graphics package is blue and white based. Uh, uh, you know, we see clips of recent historic moments. We get the updated roster. You see, like, Austin, Wildman, Vader. You know, HBK is the champ. Like, it's good. It's a good idea. Like, no, not one negative thing to say about it. I will admit, I kind of missed the Superstar song because I was getting used to its patheticness. John Michaels, heartbreaker, bulldog, Englishman, gold dust, holy shit, Hunter Helms' blood is blue. You know, that song. Oh, well. But we cut inside to the Corsate Center. And, you know, it's empty, but there's a lot of technicians and crew building what will be the stupendous pay-per-view spectacular known as In Your House Mind Games. Now... The graphics package that's in use here is interesting because we get the live graphic and it's the mind games graphic, like the mind game skull is there. And Todd Pettengill gets his name card and it's the mind games graphics. And, and that's, that's fine. Like, it's interesting. It's weird, but it's kind of cool. It makes me feel like, holy shit, I'm getting the pay-per-view right now. And I can tell you a young Johnny C was hyped for that. Todd lets us know, in a few hours, this joint will be jumping with a near-capacity crowd. Oh, Just near-capacity? Wait to admit it, Todd. Like, wait... I don't know. I mean, this arena looks pretty full on the show. Um, but whatever. Now, the ring is being assembled, and the lights are going up, and Todd's about to tell us about all the action we're going to see here on Superstars at the Corsate Center. But wait! There's some music in his ears. It damn! It damn! It... Beta tap, tap, tap! Well, you can hear by the music, Vader's on his way to the squared circle, so we're going to take you over to WWF Superstars with Jim Ross and Mr. Perfect. Wait a minute! We're going to take you over to W... Aren't we already there? What the fuck is going on? We are then in a tiny little arena for a WWF Superstars taping. Oh, I thought we were going to be live from Philadelphia. Damn it! And Jim Ross and Mr. Perfect are on the call. Where's Vince? Oh, this is going to be a unique, unique entertainment-based vehicle. But, ladies and gentlemen, because it's just JR on Perfect, Imperfect on the call, and crazy things are happening with hypertime, or the timeline, because Todd's like, let's go to Superstars, but we're already watching Superstars, and yada, yada, yada. This is tape. This is live. So, so we're going to do, during the recap of, of superstars here is, is we're going to play a game all right for the rest of the show now the game is twofold the first game i call time paradox can we at any time based on the commentary or things that are said can we discern if at any point they are trying to pretend that what's happening at the superstars tidy arena the in-ring action are they dare trying to prove that the matches we're watching is happening right now in the present the same day as mind games? 
Like, if the Brooklyn Brawler loses to Bradshaw, will they be like, Bradshaw, of course, going right from the arena, going right from the Superstars show to Philadelphia tonight? Like, will they try to pull some shit like that? Will they try to prove to us that John Hawk, Brad, Justin Hawk Bradshaw is going to have to go back to the locker room, take a shower, get cleaned up, buy a re- purchase a rental car, drive to Philadelphia, get his ring gear back on, and have his second match of the day? Time paradox! Game number two! Well, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Ross on this show is in full JR mode, so we're going to give you a list of all the information of a unique nature that Jim Ross gives us that we're lovingly calling the Superstar Stats. Uh, Jim Ross, of course, legendarily known for Starcade Stats at Starcade90. Woo! Game on, ladies and gentlemen. Now then, the man they call Vader is making his way down the aisle here at the Superstars Arena, but I'm happy to announce we immediately get uh, Superstar Stat number one. From JR. Well, it's been a weekend for upsets uh, in sports. Just last night, the Nebraska Cornhuskers were uh, upset out in Arizona by Arizona State University, 19 and nothing. Uh, they're not going to be number one anymore. And will that trend continue tonight when Mankind takes on Shawn Michaels? Which immediately sets up time paradox number one. As Mr. Perfect's all like, well, you know, Vader's going to be in the building tonight. And I'm like, well, which building? Where are we in time? How's Vader going to get there? JR teases us with some hot, titillating information. It's not sunny-based, even though it's hot and titillating. He says uh, HBK is not going to be 100% uh, because of what happened in Baltimore last night, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Now, this is just fun for me, and I only point it out because it reminds me of the one random time in 92. I tuned into WCW Saturday night, and Jim Ross was all like, Ladies and gentlemen! Last night in Baltimore, uh, Rod Simmons defeated Vader to become WWE Heavyweight Champion of the World. That's it. His opponent, that being Vader, pronouns pal, Stow. Alright, Savio, Savio Vega, get down, get funky. It is the softster, Savio Vega. He makes his way down the aisle. We get Superstar Stat 2. Uh, Savio's extremely popular. He just arrived in the States on Monday, returning from a tour of South Africa. Before we can get started, uh, Vader tries to intimidate Savio Vega, and we get superstar stat number three. Now, Vega won't be intimidated by Vader. All right, fine. Uh, The match starts, and we're underway. Jim Ross doesn't know if tonight uh, Vader will be in Jim Cornette's corner on pay-per-view when Jim Cornette goes one-on-one with the super sock, Jose Lothario. I just love that he says super sock. That fucking phrase cracks me up. Now, Jim Ross is here to not only provide play-by-play, but also some analysis. And so, we get superstar stat number four. Now, Vega uh, needs to use his quickness to avoid Vader. And that's a strategy that's verbatim. Almost any time Vader gets in the ring. Okay, verbatim, almost any time. It's fine, it's fine, whatever. Uh, Superstar stat number five, Jim Ross with some depressing information. Uh, But I guess at the end, it's also uplifting. Uh, Savio's boyhood home in Puerto Rico was devastated by Hurricane Fran. Uh, But Savio, as well as many of his people, are so Korean. (laughs) His people. I'm not laughing at the devastation. 
Uh, but Savio, uh, much like many of his people, are so courageous. Vader takes control and hits his patented Vader punches in the corner. Eh. 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 Vader's in control and we get superstar stat number six. Uh, Vader's a man that professes to have perfected, invented, created, uh, whatever you want to call it, the, uh, the, the power bomb. Uh, but certainly Psycho Sid would have a difference of opinion to that. Now that is true, and I think Psycho Sid would disagree. But after all, these two were the WCW Masters of the Power Bomb. Davy Boy, Sting, I had this little guy put a bomb on your boat. Uh, that is true. Uh, Sting, Davy Boy Smith, allow me to introduce you. This is Colonel Rob Parker, by the way, the manager of one of these two men. Uh, allow me to introduce the masters of the power bomb. Now, these two men are charges that work with me, Colonel Rob Parker, unlike some of my other charges, Harlem Heat, uh, as an example, that work for a Colonel Rob Parker. Uh, Harlem Heat. Would you go double-check that the bomb has been placed in the boat of Sting and David Ball Smith, please? All right, Rob Parker, we'll do that. But afterwards, you're going to pay us, right? <laughs> Harlem Heat. Uh, again, we seem to be at an impasse here. Uh, you boys don't understand how this relationship works yet. Are you going to get paid? Uh, to tell you what, Harlem Heat, you go check the boat, and I'll have my accountant look into possibly paying you uh, at some time. Are they gone? Holly Race, you know I'm not going to pay Harlem Heat. You get how this works, right? I sure do, Colonel Rob Parker. You're not going to pay Harlem Heat, and I understand why. Yeah, you a smart man, Holly Race. Uh, now, the Masters of the Power Bomb, uh, the sketch is probably over. We should probably get back to superstars. Yeah, the, the Masters of the Power Bomb sketch is over. Savio fights back in this encounter. But he misses a patented Savio Vega spitting heel kick. But upon the miss, we get superstar stat number seven. That's one of Savio's favorite maneuvers. Well, it's true. Watch any Savio Vega match. If he doesn't do the spinning heel kick, I'll give you a dollar. Vader takes back control with a standing avalanche. Stark, Stark, superstar stat number eight. Uh, Vader overwhelms and engulfs his opponents, Mr. Perfect, with sheer mass and power. Now, Savio is down in the corner in what would be like the Bronco Buster position, like he's ready to take a Bronco Buster. I wish I could report that Vader gives a Bronco Buster, but that's not what happens. I just wanted to set the scene. Vader crotches down low and like starts fucking with Savio's face, like not choking him, but like you know, grabbing him and shit, including, I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, Savio Vega is selling the pain, and he's got his eyes closed and his mouth open. He's like, argh, argh. Vader fucking forcefully tries to open one of Savio Vega's closed eyes to inflict pain. I don't know about pain, but that's a traumatic experience. I don't think I've ever seen it before. It's frightening. What the hell, man? He needs those eyes. How else is he going to repair his boyhood home in Puerto Rico? No, that's not funny. People had dude lose their hopes. Oh, why did I say that? But, but it's fucking weird, man. Eyes are one thing you don't fuck with. Vader stands up Savio Vega uh, and delivers a stiff forearm to the chest. Then gets in Savio's face and goes, Hey, 
I swear, I don't know. I don't know why he does this primal roar, but it's it's amazing because of the tiny primal roar ahead of time. Because he literally goes, I like Vader sometimes. Corner whip to the opposite corner. Savio's in the opposite corner. Vader charges to deliver another King Kong Bundy-esque avalanche. But oh no! The Quangster, Savio Vega, Vega? <laughs> the Quangster, Savio Vega, <laughs> counters with a standing martial arts spin kick. However, the WWF version of Vader is known to be quite a little bitch. And Vader puts his hands up. To protect his face. Okay, that's kind of harsh. I wouldn't want to take a kick to the face from anyone. So I get it. But Vader does put his hands up to his face. And unfortunately, if there's one superstar that shouldn't protect themselves, it's Vader. Although every superstar should protect themselves. So I'm at an impasse here myself. But it leads us to superstar stat number nine. Uh, I don't know Vega caught. Well, did he catch all that kick? I don't know why, but someone in the truck says, well, I don't know. Let's take a look at the double feature. And nope, the slow motion double feature confirms that the vicious spin kick clearly hit Vader's hands. And you know what? Just for the fun of it, here's our first Mr. Perfect superstar stat. When he errantly says, oh, that heel caught him right in the... That's a terrible Mr. Perfect. Let me see if I can get it. (laughs) Oh. The heel caught him right in the chin. No. No, Kurt. It missed by a country mile. Vader will not go down, try as Savio might. But Vader's whipped into the opposite corner, and Savio hits his patented uh, spinning heel kick into the corner float over, where Savio charges, does a spinning heel kick, and flips over, flips over the top and lands on his feet. I like it. Now, Jim Ross... I think wants to throw a little shade at Mr. Perfect's errant chin-based claims because we get Superstar Stat 10. Oh, I think that one hit him in the chin. Cover, but only a two count. Vader stands right up and does a standing avalanche. Can Savio survive Vader? We'll find out when we come back. And we head to a commercial. We're back, though, and we immediately see Vader deliver a clothesline from the Rocky Mountains. We're then treated with time paradox number two. As JR says, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Ross, Mr. Perfect, here on WWF Superstars. Todd Pettengale is live in the Corsage Center in Philadelphia. Well, Todd's the only one who's live? I mean, I'm watching live. You guys are alive. What's going on? Where am I? Where are you? Who am I? Who are you? Hilarious moment here, ladies and gentlemen. This was the fucking icing on the cake and maybe my favorite moment the entire episode. Uh, Introducing a one-off gag I call Perfect My Ass. As Savio Vega is down on the ground selling pain, uh, Mr. Perfect needs to promote upcoming events that relate to Savio Vega being on his ass and in pain. I know my Kurt Henning is bad. I apologize, okay? But Savio's down on the mat like, You know, Savio was eliminated in the Intercontinental Tournament in the first round by Farouk. That tournament concludes tomorrow night on Raw on USA Channel. (laughs) What? USA Channel? 
What's wrong with you? USH. I'm sorry. You might not think it's as funny as me. On USA Channel. Like, his delivery. Like, it's just... Like, he's so... He's so confident and unconfident when he says it at the same time. Because he's, he's Mr. Perfect. But you can sort of hear him, like, reaching for the word. And he's like, USA Channel. Oh, it's beautiful. Vader drags a down Savio Vega to the corner. We get Superstar Stat number 11. A Vader! There's like a big grizzly bear dragging his prey into uh, his cave for hibernation. But this bear is not hibernating. Vader climbs the buckle to deliver a Vader bomb that will, quote, make your liver quiver. But Savio Vega is up and kicks Vader in the hamstring. Ouch! And then, side suplex to Vader, belly to back style, off the middle rope. A modified suplex by Savio, says JR. Savio makes the cover. One, two, oh, another near fall. Superstar stat number 12. Another second near fall at a contest. Well, I don't know that we needed to keep tally of them, JR, but that's fine. Cross body by Savio. One, two, no. Vader cuts off by going once again to the standing avalanche. It's like the fourth one he's done. Superstar stat number 13. Uh, people are wondering, Mr. Perfect, if Vader has helped train Jim Cornette for his match. Of course, Jim Cornette's the WWF answers, the WWF's answer to Richard Simmons, not an athletic bone in his body. Why are you hating? On, why are you hating on Richard Simmons? Don't make me call the robotic Richard Simmons on you, Jim Ross. That is a deleted scene Simpson joke. Deep cut. Vader sets up Savio for the power bomb. He power bombs him. What the fuck do you expect was going to happen next? Vader covers one, two, three. Vader, victorious, on Superstars, live, question mark, in Philadelphia, question mark. Let's go back to Todd Pettengale. We're back in the Corsate Center, live, with the Mind Games music in the background. Technicians are setting up, and Todd takes a moment to teach us how to order pay-per-view. It's real simple. Just watch that preview channel and hit that 800 number. Wait a minute, Todd. Wait a minute. I think you meant hit the button or call the 800 number, but that's fine. Let's just merge them together. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Todd Pettengill is wearing a blazer. And he's, you know, if you've ever worn a blazer or seen someone wear a blazer, you know they usually have a couple of pockets in them. How could one use these pockets? Perhaps stuff it with a handkerchief of a color of an accentual nature to your necktie. Uh, you could put your phone in one of the pockets. Maybe a condom, a cigar, uh, anything can go in a suit pocket. But ladies and gentlemen, Todd Pettengale has decided to stuff his suit jacket pockets with World Wrestling Federation action figures. He's got The Undertaker, Goldust, Brett Hitman Hart, and the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Now you might be asking yourself, why have I got these action figures? Because they're yours. They are? Well, where are they, Todd? If you order mind games in your house. Oh. Insane caveat to this. If you send in your proof of purchase to the address on screen, which was fucking blacked out, damn it, you only get one of them. However, don't worry. They all have bone-crunching sound, excuse me, bone-crunching action and sounds. 
Todd then starts to hype up the final curtain match between Goldust and the Undertaker. And you know what? I'll be damned. Uh, you remember Perfect My Ass, the one-off segment? Well, here comes Perfect My Ass number two. As Todd says, the phrase mind games could not be more apropos. Mott. We are in the hype video now. And ladies and gentlemen, I gotta tell you, while this video is whatever, it's got a sweet fucking awesome version of The Undertaker's theme song. It's like up-tempo and it's got guitars and chanting, but it's not anyone he would ever use for a theme song. It's like, It's awesome. It's better than that sounds, trust me. And hey, uh, Todd says something here that I don't think any of us know. Did you know that according to Todd, Goldust and his twisted entourage embrace the bizarre? Goldust and his twisted entourage. Can we please get on Max, formerly known as HBO Max, an entourage reboot? Let's see, how many guys are in the Entourage Posse? There's four of them. Well, then you got the Agent, too. You know, let's just go with five. We've got Goldust, Mankind, Paul Bearer, Marlena, and Goldust Bodyguard from Good Friends, Better Enemies. You know, the, the fat, bald guy? Yeah, they could be there. You know, they're all driving down the Sunset Strip and the fucking intro's playing. I'm man, a Juba hero. Man, man, a Juba blow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you can have the these guys fucking sing the song. You know, be like, I want to be your superhero. Goldust can be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it could happen. Um, we see footage from Beware of Dog 2. When Mankind popped out of the golden casket to assault the Undertaker, JR is on commentary here having a fucking stroke. Mankind! What? What? What a minimal claw! I want his Mankind with, with the claw! How did How did he do that? Uh, we see International Incident, where Mankind pops out of the ring, recently covered on concrete, man. We see the Boiler Room Brawl Betrayal. And then Todd says about the Boiler Room Brawl Betrayal where Paul Bear turned on The Undertaker. Can this betrayal be linked to the bizarre one? Has Goldust perpetrated the ultimate mind game? Tonight, the final curtain will fall on one of these WWF superstars. There must be a winner, and it must be by pinfall. Uh, Goldust is now standing in front of a golden background where he says uh, a quote from a movie called Each Dawn I Die from 1939. Undertaker cuts a promo in front of a black screen with a cross spotlight. It's a cross, like a Christianity cross. Uh, so much for the Undertaker's symbol. He calls Goldust's entourage a pack of jackals, which just seems kind of an un-Undertaker thing to say. Wait, can you say un-Undertaker? Yeah, fuck it, I'm, I'm saying it. Meanwhile, back at the Superstars taping. <laughs> Here comes the goon! The hockey player! The goon! Yeah! This is the second time I've seen the goon recently. Where's the. Oh, he was on the HBK 31st anniversary special. Yay! Happy birthday, Sean! But it's the goon. 
Uh, we get superstar stat number four. Remember, we just came from the hype video for Undertaker and Goldust, and JR says, That huge purple-gloved hand and that man, the Undertaker, are ready for war tonight on pay-per-view. Jim Ross is then like, uh, well, uh, Bill Irwin, the goon, coming down the aisle. Bill Irwin, the goon. I mean, I know the goon is Bill Irwin, but did we acknowledge that? Is that even legal? Oh, wait a minute, folks. Uh, Todd Pendergill standing by. Todd, what do you got for us in the Philadelphia Corsage Center? JR, there's so many things here at the Corsage Center. Or, excuse me, there's so many things going on here at the Corsage Center. Take note here that for the first time that Todd's been on screen, there's actually nothing going on behind him. But I'm going to try and get some interviews, and I think Mark Henry's going to be in the building a little bit later. We're going to see him a little bit later on. Oh, there he is, arriving now. And yes, we cut to Mark Henry walking through the In Your House house, wearing a backwards Kangol hat, and he's taking in the breadth and scope of the arena as if he's seen it for the very first time. Well, I wonder if he is. I mean, it's his first... Well, no, he's been on shows before. Never mind. <laughs> Strike that. Uh, Todd then sends us to B-roll footage of the WrestleMania 40 logo. Oh, wait, it's, it's just the Liberty Bell. But it does allow us to get Time Paradox number three. Because as we see the Liberty Bell, Todd says, There's lots of great action still to come on Superstars, totally live on USA. The mind games have already begun. But wait a minute. That's the end of the time period. He says, he says there's lots of great action still to come on Superstars, totally live. The action, we know, isn't live. But is he trying to tell us it is? What the fuck? At least at the very end, he admits the mind games have already begun because they're clearly playing some mind games with us here on the fall premiere of Superstars Live as we head to a commercial. We're back here in the Superstars Arena. And oh my god in heaven, you'll never guess who's here to do battle with the goon. It's the stalker, Barry Windham, and his fucking mustache. Uh, Superstar stat number 15, uh, the stalker's making his WWE Superstars debut, Mr. Perfect. And hey, if anybody out there is hungry for nostalgia, Mr. Perfect lets us know. This episode of Superstars is brought to you by Namco's Tekken 2 for your Sony PlayStation. Oh my god. I, you know what? I, when I die, I want a chart made uh, that says... You know, that's the hours of the, you know, the time of my life, basically. How many hours were wasted playing Tekken 2? Well, I shouldn't say they were wasted, but how, how many, like, if I had lived a life of a trillion hours, how many of those were spent playing Tekken 2? Uh, the stalker enters the ring, and right away, the goon goes to work by threatening to poke him with his hockey stick. Oh, superstar stat number 16. Well, the stalker's uh, trying to establish himself in the WWF, and we'll have his hands full with the brawling style of Bill Irwin the Goon. Some more tremendous Goon character work. As soon as the bell rings, the Goon drops his stick and flings his hands so the gloves go flying off, the hockey gloves, that is, and starts putting the fist to cuffs to the stalker. Oh, the gloves are off, and the fight is on here. Oh, man, it's brilliant. Now... <laughs> 
Uh, JR has more interesting things to say, as he usually does, and is about to start or stir a little bit of controversy with a superstar stat number 17. Uh, it's a very intense weekend here in the WWF and a huge weekend in the World Wrestling Federation, especially uh, scheduled tomorrow night, the return of Razor Ramon and Big Daddy Cool Diesel. And they could be with us tonight on a pay-per-view, uh, but that's only a rumor. The stalker tosses the goon outside, but the toddster interrupts JR mid-sentence as he's like, Oh, the goon interrupts to JR, 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 are you there? Eh, okay, go ahead, Todd. We cut to picture in picture with the no longer interim, but still very fan-friendly president of the World Wrestling Federation, Gorilla Monsoon, that's with the Toddster. And now the Todd says, uh, Mr. President, a big difference of opinion between yourself and Jim Ross. Oh, yeah, he's claiming they will appear on Raw, and I'm saying they're not going to appear. Now, wait, can Gorilla hear me? You're taking this too personal. I'm not sure what his sources are, but if he turns out to be a fountain of misinformation and lose his credibility, I'll still be his friend. And if he's right, I'll apologize. Uh, Well, I think apologies in order, because I haven't hoodwinked anyone, Gorilla. All right, well, let's get back to the matchup. Mr. Perfect actually goes out of his way to defend JR, saying he's always gotten his scoops and tips correct, as long as he's known him. A nice vertical suit play by the stalker. Superstar stat 8, and a great athletic ability for a, well, a stalker. Stalker puts his head down. Mr. Perfect loves Barry Windham. He's known him for a long time. You see, they both think that rap is crap. But Barry Windham still has his head down, and the goon hits with a vicious ice skate kick to the skull. He then does a leaping kick, like a leaping jumping sidekick. It's unbelievable. Where is he finding this energy? Well, Superstar Stat number 19 might tell us, and a goon, and a goon's very excited. The uh, USA won a gold in the uh, World Cup of Hockey recently. Stalker and goon stand center ring and do the yaboo yeah, punches. I mean, sure, nobody says yeah, nobody says boo, but that's what they're doing. A vicious clothesline from the sporting goods section of Walmart by the stalker. We get time paradox number four. As Jim Ross promises, uh, Todd Pentengale will uh, talk to mankind live here today on WWF Superstars. What? All right. Fair enough. Um... Now, ladies and gentlemen, we got a one-two punch here because we just had a time paradox and we're about to get a superstars stat. And I know that the WWF loves to interject current events into their uh, post-production commentary. But I present to you, perhaps, the most insane version ever of such a concept here today, live, question mark, on superstars. Superstar stat number 20. How fitting. I don't know if, uh, I mean, I don't know if mankind is even competent to be, well, mentally competent, that is, uh, to be the WWF champion. And the same has been said about that deranged John DuPont, who's been labeled incompetent to stand trial for the murder of a great friend, a friend of mine, former Olympic wrestler Dave Schultz. How? Morbid! Now, if you want more information about this unique story, uh, visit your local library and ask for Foxcatcher on DVD or Blu-ray. Now, 
the stalker, speaking of mankind, the stalker steals from mankind and hits mankind's patented Paul the Pants pile driver on the goon. Or as JR calls it, a pile driver that took some effort. Stalker ducks two, goon off the ropes, goon hits the motherfucking bro kick! I'm not kidding. I'm not over embellishing. He hits the bro kick with those ice skate style boots. It's tremendous. Uh, Wyndham is draped on the ropes. Goon hits a knee to the back and builds some momentum. He goes for the big boss man leaping rope assisted assault. But the stalker moves and the goon flies and takes a back bump. Time paradox number five. Bulldog, uh, Bulldog and Owen are going to be in action today. Uh, they told me they're very confident they will win the tag titles tonight. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Bulldog and Owen are in action today. They told me they're very confident they'll win the tag titles today. Well, now, it, wait a minute. JR is in the arena, pre-taped, and he talked to him today, and they said they were going to win him tonight. Oh, my God. I can't even wrap my head around this one, okay? Fucking your mind will implode. Just let it go. Let it go. Let's move on. Back to the match. Uh, the Stalker sets up the superplex. And shades of the Widowmaker, Barry Windham. He hits it. One, two, three. Now, let's go back to Philly for some oh-so-delicious shenanigans. Todd is in the dressing room with Mark Henry. Hey, Mark Henry, are you nervous? How do you feel? I'm excited. Yeah? Not nervous a bit. I've been a lot of bad stuff talked about me. I'm used to it. <laughs> oh, that's that. Far from the salmon suit retirement speech, but nonetheless, Mark Henry will eventually become a badass. Now, Jerry the King Lawler walks into the locker room and the camera watches him walk in. He's got some items in his hands. He's got a cup of coffee and a bag from McDonald's. A food bag, that is. And I'll tell you what. I really hope the king doesn't eat whatever's in this bag. Because it's still early in the morning. It's breakfast time. And if he eats a delicious, crispy McDonald's breakfast hash brown, he's going to be shitting during his entire wrestling match. Seriously. Fuck all the, like, I don't know if Pepto-Bismol makes you shit or stops you from shitting, but all those medications to treat constipation, they're going to go out of business if McDonald's would just lead into what they got. It's real simple. A dude or a lady standing in front of a blank screen holding a McDonald's hash brown. Constipated? Eat a McDonald's hash brown. And then put the price point on, and that's it. Roll commercial. All those fucking anti-constipation medicines out of business. Forever. No need. Anywho, the king is walking towards Mark Henry, and he's really overdoing it, because we're in a Sunday morning cartoon. Oh, I can't believe it. This coffee is scalding hot. They do this to me every time. He takes another step. He trips, and coffee flies from the styrofoam cup and lands straight on Mark Henry's tum-tum. Mark's shirt is clearly ruined, but Mark Henry is not pained by the scalding heat of the coffee as he just stands there and does nothing. <laughs> Lawler continues, Ha ha! I got you, Mark Henry! Just like I'm going to get you tonight! He then tosses what's left in the cup on the existing state on the shirt, cackles, and flees off camera. <laughs> Mark Henry pursues... <laughs> 
back at the WWF Superstars Arena, we get Time Paradox number five. Mr. Perfect's all like, don't go away. Todd catches up with Mankind just hours before he faces Shawn Michaels. But he makes it sound like it happened in the past tense. <laughs> uh, plus footage of Owen Hart and the British Bulldog messing with the smoking guns is promised. And also, we see a graphic. Later on Superstars, the British Bulldog and Owen Hart take on Alex the Pug Porto and Freddie Joe Floyd, FJF. Wow, we're really getting to see the gauntlet of 96 uh, jobbers with names. You know what I'm saying? We got the Goot, FJF, Alex the Pug Porto. We're missing one, I think. I can't remember who it is. Eh, I don't remember who it is. But we're back in the Superstars Arena, and here comes Crush, the Jailbird. He's with Clarence Mason, as usual. Now, we're pre-Nation of Domination Crush here, so Crush is coming out to his like theme music. And it's weird, because while it's it's definitely a bad guy song, it sounds a little upbeat and Kona Crush-esque. I mean, I could be wrong, but you never know. His opponent is young David Haskins. Crush enters the ring and attacks immediately and gets Haskins down. However, Haskins hits a chop block on Crush. And ladies and gentlemen, Jim Ross is going to need a new pair of pants after seeing this chop block. It's his favorite. He clipped him! He clipped him! Oh, he clipped him! Dr. Death clipped the Steiner Brothers! Uh, Superstar stat number 21, after Haskins does his chop block. Haskins, a big Tennessee Volunteer fan. You know, over 107,000 fans in Knoxville yesterday to see the Falls lose. Oh, and that may be what happens right here from this gator of a man named Crush. This gator of a man crush. Where's he pull this shit? I love it. Uh, even though the chop block has happened, crush is safely in control. Uh, guys, guys, I gotta jump in here. It's Todd. He's got the heartbreak kid, Sean Michaels. So we go to a picture in picture. Hey, Sean, can we do an interview in a couple of minutes? Sure. All right, back to you guys. I swear that's the reason they cut in for picture in picture. Hey, Sean, can we do an interview? Sure. And then we're back. Just the superstars. Unbelievable. Uh, Crush is choking David, what's his name, Haskins with the with his boots. Picks him up. Irish whip. Big boot by the Crushster. He then rubs his gloved hand in a euphoric state. My God, perfect. He's in a euphoric state. Uh, he does the heart punch. Surprise. Uh, but there's some impact here on this heart punch, and we get Superstar Stat 22. Uh, it's like getting hit in the chest by Jackhammer. One, two, three. Amazing moment. We saw, just not too long ago, some amazing character work from Bill Irwin, the goon. Here's some great character work from Clarence Mason, the boss, who crosses T's, dots I's, and lowercase j's. Uh... Crush's opponent is down, unconscious, and Clarence Mason's like, yeah, good job, Crush, good job, Crush, and then he turns around and pulls out a business card and puts it on Haskins, (laughs) just in case Haskins wants to sue Crush. (laughs) I love the idea of Clarence Mason being like, good job, Crush, and then turn around being like, Crush, you are going to face litigation for what you've done to this man. Don't worry, Crush, we'll take care of this litigation. Like, him arguing against himself fucking representing both clients in the same case? Oh! Clarence Mason is a boss. Alright, let's get back to Todd Pettengale, who creates Time Paradox number six, telling us 
we're now looking at the live shot of the Corsate Center. Wait, now we are? We're doing it now? Were we not earlier? That one's not very good. Todd's with Shawn Michaels. But wait, before Shawn Michaels can even appear on camera, we hear some words. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm so happy that I'm here to share with you what happens in this exchange between Shawn Michaels and our special guest, Paul Bearer, in his full Paul Bearer regalia. Paul says, Woohoo, special delivery! Now, Paul Bear is here because he's the manager of Mankind, but I think, I think he might also be here to, um, oh, what is it when you bird something? Fucking, oh, you've already said it. it not embalm. Oh. It's not even funny anymore, but now I have to think of the word. Cremate. He's here to cremate HBK's 1996 sweater vest because, man, this sweater vest has got sweater vest. Sweater vest has got some shapes, and it's got some patterns on it. Now, <clears throat> adjust your car or headphone volume accordingly, okay? Because it's time to do some Paul Bear, and I'll try to rein it in and keep it under control. But you gotta hear it, okay? Oh yes, heartbreak kid. What does it feel like the day of your funeral? <laughs> There's gonna be a funeral, Todd. <laughs> I love that he just casually talks to Todd at the, after threatening Sean. Oh, Sean, you're going to die. There's going to be a funeral, Todd. Uh, HBK tells Paul that he's going to beat mankind. And after I do, no one's going to be able to protect you from the Undertaker, Jack. Now, adjust the volume because it continues. Oh, you won't be too sexy laying down that casket. I just can't get to wait. Can't wait to get you on my embalming room slab, sexy boy. Oh yes. Why is that? Why is that? Mankind is here, and famously, probably the only thing you remember about this, if you remember it at all, Mankind rams a casket into Shawn Michaels' midsection. Shawn fires back, leaps. Over the casket, his sweater vest is still okay, and he starts brawling with Mankind. Lots of officials show up to break them up. Mankind continues to squeal. And we'll be back right after this commercial. But you know, what's Paul Bear really looking to do here? Oh, sexy boy, I'm going to get you on my slab. Oh, Todd, oh, sexy boy. Oh, Todd, you want to come play with my sexy boy? We're back in Philly with a recap of what I'm calling the casket crisis. You know what just happened. But back in the Superstars Arena, Alex the Punk Porto and Freddie Joe Floyd are in the ring. Wait a minute. That's not Freddie Joe Floyd. That's his stunt double. It's actually Bob Sparkplug Holly. Now, ladies and gents, I rewound Superstars here, wasting my valuable time, and confirmed... It was indeed Freddie Joe Floyd in the Superstars graphic. So, time paradox number seven. You know, the thing I just explained. But I guess it's going to be Bob and the Pug. Because Bob and the Pug beat the guns of a smoking nature Monday on Raw. Because Owen and the Bulldog interfered. Which sets up this match between Camp Cornette and Camp Jobber. Uh, JR is all like, well, I hope you guys watch Livewire uh, with the stunning debate that occurred between Jim Cornette and Sonny. Uh, for more news on that, check the archives. Uh, you know, that debate, Mr. Perfect, had maybe more substance than the upcoming Clinton and Dole debate, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. 
Owen and Bob start the match. Multiple drop kicks by Bob Holly, showing off the one thing he can do. And now the pug is in to help out as the bulldog comes in as well. A big back body drop delivered by the pugster. It's now the pug and Davy Boy Smith as illegal combatants and a deep arm drag by the pugster. Owen's in now. The pug is still in control and he clears the fucking ring. All right, pug. Cam Cornette regroups on the outside and then sends in the British Bulldog. Whether he wants to or not. Tag to Bob Holly. My God in heaven. Time paradox number eight. The smoking guns are shown backstage. Watching this match in the Superstars Arena on a monitor. Are the smoking guns in Philly backstage? Or are they in the Superstars Arena watching? I think my head's going to implode. A spinning heel kick by Owen Hart. And then him and the British Bulldog make a wish by spreading the legs of the Pugster, maybe, or Bob. Didn't write it down. Camp Cornette's clearly in control. Then, oh my God in heaven! Time paradox number nine. Oh, I can guarantee, Mr. Perfect, there aren't too many better fans as far as making noise and having fun than the fans in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Talking about mind games. Perfect interjects, I know, they love me here! Oh, uh, inflections off. I know, they love me here. Here? Where is here? Perfect is in the Superstars Arena. Yeah. Here? You see what you, you, you see? You, you, oh. Man, we're gonna, I'm serious. If you guys listen to this in the space-time continuum breaks and you fall into a uh, singularity, it ain't my fault. Did I do that? 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 What is it with the No Limit Soldiers having sequels to their songs that I kind of like better than the originals? Man, I really liked that shit when I was in high school. You know, you got Make Em Say Uh, and then you got Make Em Say Uh Part 2, and I think it's... Sea murderer that says that sings did I do that or is it mystical or is mystical just do the hook but you know make him say oh it's like make him say mm, mm. but then make him say oh part two has a little more of an upbeat it's like bam 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 fool I'd have told you I'm the colonel of this motherfucking tank don't make me get rowdy it's not pulling rank a low limit soldier commander and chief and then you know it ain't my fault. Part two is a lot faster too, and it's like it ain't my fault. Part two, ah, it ain't my fault. Did I do that? Is anybody still here? That song's gonna be stuck in my head for a long time. Oh, where are we now? Let's see here. Oh, the match ends when the British Bulldog power slams the pug, and then Owen makes him tap to the sharpshooter. Wait a minute! Here come the smoking guns. Okay, they were at. The Superstars Arena, so time is safe. There's a big pull-apart brawl. And during this pull-apart brawl, Bart Gunn is fighting the British Bulldog. And Bart wants to slam the British Bulldog. But Davy Boy just wants to have a lazy Sunday. Woke up in the late afternoon. He calls up Owen Hart to see what he's doing. Guys, stop. Um, but Bulldog just doesn't go up for the slam. And Bart deadlifts him and sloppily slams him. Could have killed the man. Oh, well. We're going to go to a commercial, but first, it's time to promote the WWF Big Bang Boom Tour. Tonight, we're in your house in Philadelphia. Tomorrow night, we're in Hershey. 
for Raw Tuesday at Penn State. Then Wednesday, we're going back to school in Danville, PA at the Danville High School. Thursday, the Saginaw Civic Center in Saginaw, Michigan. Friday, at the historic Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. Saturday, we're storming the igloo. And then next Sunday, in Madison Square Garden. My God, the escalation of arenas here. What a motley crew. Tonight in Philly, okay. Then in Hershey, eh, smaller. That's an in-your-house arena. Tuesday at Penn State, okay. Wednesday in the legendary Danville High School, where they filmed Raw in 95 and 94. Then the fucking pathetic Saginaw Civic Center, home of in-your-house, the triple-header. Then in the Joe, the Igloo, and the Garden. My God, the Garden. Imagine, it's Wednesday. You're wrestling in the fucking high school gym. Three days later... No, four days later, you're in fucking Madison Square Garden. What's that do for your psyche? Forget the time paradox. We got a psyche paradox. Anyway, back in the arena, we've got one match to go. It's the wild man, Mark Merrow and Sable, in their updated look with robes and evening gowns. Uh, wild man, Mark Merrow, is taking on Farouk tomorrow night. On the USA Channel for the Intercontinental title. Our superstars is going to continue. Don't go away. We're back. And we get a cool commercial for the Intercontinental Tournament Finals tomorrow night on the USA Channel at 8.57 p.m. Just love the 8.57 shit. Superstar Stat 23 as we return with the graphic for the IC title tournament. Should have done a show on this. Uh, in first round, uh, Mr. Perfect, Owen Hart beat the British Bulldog. Then Wild Man Mark Merrill beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. Can you believe that? Uh, Sid beat Triple H. I can't believe that. And then, of course, Farouk beat Savio Vega, who's helping the folks in Puerto Rico. Uh, then in the semis, well, obviously, Merrill beat Owen. Farouk beat Sid. Wow, Farouk beat Sid. And today... Wild man, Mark Merrow is taking on Lou Marconi. <laughs> okay. Now, the match is going on. The match is really nothing. We've got pre-recorded comments from Sonny and Farouk. And ooh, like I perk up a rare Sonny managing Farouk video. Sonny says she's going to soon go down in history as the manager of both the Intercontinental and Tag Team Championships. When Farouk takes down Mark Merrow and makes him, quote, wild no more, Farouk says, to bring the beast out, you say you're wild, you're going to get the same thing Ahmed got paid. The wild man, Mark Merrow, hits some deep arm drags on Marconi. JR believes in Mark Merrow's quickness and his high-risk maneuvers and believes they could help make him the next Intercontinental Champion. A million-dollar knee lift by the wild man, Mark Merrow. Uh, Perfect and JR talk shit about Triple H, sowing the seeds for the perfect Triple H feud that will come. Mero with the body slam. Superstar stat 24. Uh, I'll tell you what, Mr. Perfect. Sonny, I uh, think she can control an Intercontinental Championship. It's just ludicrous as uh, Al Sharpton thinking he's going to be the mayor of New York City. The wild man goes up top and hits the wild thing. Superstar stat 25. Some call that the shooting star press. Amazing moment as Wildman pins Marconi for the 1-2-3. But Marconi does the shaky leg, I'm getting pinned thing. I love when people get pinned and shake their legs like, Oh my god, my, my shaky legs! I'm trying to kick out! I'm trying to kick out! I'm trying to kick out! Picture in picture, Mr. Bob Backlund, the Iron Sheik, and the Sultan are here. Now, they're just the entire frame. Bob says next week, the Sultan will compete on Superstars. 
the sheik says, you know, iron sheik things. Middle East, Iran, Jihad, Son Michael. You know, singular. Son Michael. He promises us all that the Sultan will make a difference. They're still talking. Sheik is yelling. Time paradox number 10. Todd is live in Philadelphia on split screen, trying to interrupt Backlund and Sheik from yelling. They're in the Superstars Arena on a pre-tape. He's like, guys, ho, guys, come on. Hey, calm down, calm down. This is insane. Sheik and Backlund are just rambling to no one. They don't know that Todd Pettengill is interrupting them because they're in two different timelines. We're a, the WWF is lies, people. Anyway, Todd's in full uh, hard sell swing. Please call your local cable operator because the mind games are in full swing. Uh, Todd's like, you can see, we're getting closer to things here, getting ready in Philadelphia. But it really honestly looks like nothing has changed. The lighting rigs are still not set up. There's no ring. It's just a mess of nonsense. Oh, my God. Shades of George Costanza, Seinfeld Season 9, Episode 1. Brian Effett Pillman walks in with a cane. Are you nervous, Ben and Kale? They're fresh from their debate on Livewire. Seriously, listen to that episode in the archives. Uh, the show's live, too. I might rival off some choice words and let the FCC OJ your ass right off the air. All right, Brian, let's talk about Bret Hart. I can't do Pillman's voice. It, it hurts. Uh, Pillman's all like, Brett gave me his guarantee and his word that he'd be here tonight, and then he called me a liar. Brett, you better think about your pride and what your honor and what it means, because the whole world's going to be watching tonight. I suggest you get some guts. Are you the hip man or hip boy? He's basically challenging him to show up to be interviewed tonight. He won't. We go to a commercial. We're back at Corsate Center. Prep is still going on. It hasn't progressed much. Todd runs down the entire card, including what he calls, first off, the special attraction match between Jim Cornette and the Super Sock, Jose Lothario, Mark Henry and King, the tag title match between Owen Bulldog and the Guns, the final curtain match, and the main event. They don't advertise Savio Vega and Justin Hawk Bradshaw for the free-for-all, and of course they don't advertise the impromptu strap match. Pillman is still here, but HBK shoes him away by saying, You've had your time, time bomb, so hit the bricks, Jack. Pillman abides. Sean's sweater vest is okay after the casket assault. He's all like, It's time to get a little wacky. I'm going to adjust and adapt and promise to show the fans and the cook something they haven't seen before tonight. How prophetic. Finally, with just one minute left, Todd Pettengale brings up Baltimore. You might recall, events happened in Baltimore. Last night, Shawn Michaels defended the title successfully, but then Mankind came to the ring and attacked Shawn Michaels, and he got that mandible claw shoved right down his gullet. But the Heartbreak Kid is okay. I'm ready to go. You know, I know that Mankind beat The Undertaker, and that's something not a lot of folks can do. But tonight, in your house, Mind Games, ha ha, I got no mind to play with. He leaves, and folks, that's a wrap on the first ever live edition of WWF Superstars on the USA channel. Okay, so, you know, I'll tell you this, guys. Uh, the Superstar stats and time paradox gimmick aside, because I needed a hook for the show. You know, it's, it's interesting because 
I, I will say I will safely say this. Aside from the casket shenanigans, I don't think anybody remembers this. And and, and that's not to throw shade at it. It's just you could tell, um, like they weren't committed to the to the live gimmick. This wasn't going to be a live show from now on. I don't know if they continue to go live on pay per view days. I, I'm sure they maybe did for a little bit. I don't think they consistently did, and I don't want to speak out of turn. Do your own research, but I'll tell you what: nothing stands out until Heat, you know, in '98. So if this is the only time they did it, I, I guess you could call it a success. Because I remember watching it. I remember thinking it was crazy seeing the pay-per-view arena before the pay-per-view was on. Like seeing it in the morning and then having all day to get excited for it. So did it work? I mean, fuck, it worked on a 12-year-old or whatever. Johnny C, it sure did. And this was nostalgic and fun. And I had a good time watching it. Uh, I spoiled all the gags for you, though. Well, there might be something there you like that I didn't mention. But, uh, you know... I guess I talk about this shit so you don't have to, uh, but definitely a a solid recommend on this one. Just 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 for the history, just for the nostalgia, just to see you know what it looked and felt like when they tried to pull a stunt like this. Speaking of nostalgia, uh, I think you should probably be nostalgic for all the uh, new TNN archives because there's some good shit. There's some good shit, pal. Uh, we just dropped an impromptu emergency episode of Junk Man, the bad movie show. Oh man. We watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Folks, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Like, I- I'm not, okay? I thought it was a pretty good show. Alright, so if you haven't listened to it, check it out. Uh, of course, I spoiled the hell out of the movie, so you should probably see it first. But I, I kind of went stream of consciousness without any notes. And I just I enjoyed it. Maybe I enjoyed it because I didn't have to painstakingly take notes. But uh, it was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, so if you're into that type of shit, check it out. And, of course, there's lots of wrestling content. We covered, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff this month. Some WrestleMania follow-up and Concrete Man, Shawn Michaels' 31st anniversary shit. Yeah, whatever. It's all out there. It's all good. So I guess you could you could ask, Johnny C., did you do that? Is that your fault? And I'd say, ah it ain't my fault. Wait, I did do that. It is my fault. I did do that. I'm Johnny C., a winner.